1: Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hello, lovely.
0: Oh, governor. Hello there. <laughs> Top of the morning to you. That
1: was for all you English fans for FIFA.
0: How embarrassing. Soccer. Yeah. Oh yeah! yeah. In- it will th- England's
1: in the semifinals. So. Is
0: this is that going to be off done that by will, the time? By they- the time
1: this airs, it will have it will be complete. Yeah, someone will be have won. Yes.
0: So that will either be exciting or be rubbing <laughs> yeah, salt in rub, a wound. Salt
1: wound, yeah, one of the two. And
0: <laughs> yeah. One of the other things that's going to happen when this podcast airs is we are going to have our sexy asses in California.
1: That's right. We will be Cali bound.
0: We'll be hanging out. Going
1: back to Cali.
0: In a beach house. Yeah, baby. We're going to have a blast.
1: We are. I mean, we
0: are having a blast right now. We
1: always have a blast.
0: We're currently having a blast. No matter what we do. And thanks to my brilliant team and assistant, Darlene, who's getting this episode out to you. So shout out to her. And we've got a really cool mailbag.
1: Big ups. Oh, we have uh, a mailbag today.
0: That's right. Oh, that's fun. And we're going to talk about some relationship-centered questions that have come through to the show, specifically on partners who have different communication styles, Mm. jealousy inside of a relationship, and when one person... ...thinks that the other person needs to change everything.
1: Oh, well, yeah, there's that.
0: One person feeling like, oh, we need to put effort into our marriage. And the other person being like, I don't have any issues. You do. I'm
1: comfortable where we are. Exactly. Like, what the hell
0: do you do with that? Hmm. That is on the docket. So I'm hoping that you guys are thrilled and excited. And just so that you know, on every single show page... If you click on the show notes, you will see an option to submit a show topic. So a lot of times when I create content for the pod, I look at questions that have come through from the community. So you can very easily submit a show topic idea, and it's highly likely that it will eventually become an episode. Or it might be a mailbag edition like this. Right. So we're going to jump into all of that. But before we do, why don't we just throw things your way, Mr. Smith?
1: Oh, for a segment that we like to call... (music) Would you rather... Today's Would You Rather is... Would you rather have banana-sized fingers... Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Or banana-sized toes? Uh,
0: I'm holding my hands out like...
1: Like they were bananas? Everybody do that right now.
0: Oh my god. Well, that would certainly infringe on my kickboxing
1: kicks. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to fit your hand. Okay, if you had hands Then my fingers, gloves. You wouldn't I be mean, able to get them my gloves. They'd kinda of be their own punching bags.
0: But they I have seen those like gigantic oversized gloves that are supposed to be comical.
1: There you go. You know, like
0: those sumo suits that people get into, they have them that are boxing gloves.
1: That would be really hard. So maybe
0: I would I think I'm gonna go with feet.
1: You're gonna go with feet? I But then you gotta like like really lift your feet up to get your toes to not scrape the ground.
0: But then my legs might be really buff because <laughs> I have all this additional weight. But Always I'm thinking the Okay, so so you guys may already know this or be a part of my after hours community over on Facebook and I do bonus Q&A calls every single week for them or videos rather bonus Q&A trainings. But I'm very animated with my hands. So as I'm talking...
1: You would have bananas.
0: I would have these bananas Mm -hmm. flailing around on my video. And I don't think anyone would listen to me at all. (laughs) My mom used to tell me if we tied Amy's hands behind her back, she wouldn't be able to talk.
1: It's true. Because I
0: talk so much with my hands. So (laughs) I... I feel like that would be...
1: <laughs> so toes for you.
0: I'm going to go with toes. What yeah. about you?
1: I'm going to go with fingers too. I, I mean, as a massage therapist, as a body worker, I oh. think it actually might be a plus.
0: So you're going to go with fingers?
1: Yeah, you can cover more ground. okay. Because mm-hmm. you said I'm
0: going to go with fingers too. So I was thinking...
1: As well. Fingers like you.
0: No, I'm going with feet. Oh, you're
1: going with feet? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh, then I'm going to go with... Yeah, I'm going to go with fingers.
0: Because I do see how that could give you massive leverage. Mm -hmm. They'd be like, wait till you see my body worker's fucking
1: hands. (laughs) He can cover my whole body with two hands. He
0: palmed my entire head.
1: I do that anyway, though.
0: That's true. Like, for me, that's like not a a thing. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, so speaking of after hours, we talk about what we would rather every single week in that community. And it's really hilarious because – Everybody comes up with brilliant rationale around why they would choose what they chose. So all you have to do is go to joyjunkie.com slash club. It redirects you right over there to the community. And I run a tight fucking ship. There's not a bunch of spammy sailing. There's none of that or selling, none of that. Right. So come and hang out. We have such a great time. It's an amazing community. Thejoyjunkie.com slash club. And tell us what you would rather this week. And then every Wednesday, you can look for a questions thread where you can submit anything that's coming up for you. And I sound off on those on Thursdays for that training. Nice. Again, everything you need is at the slash club. Cool. So this is a good one, babe. I think this is hilarious. Yeah. So I'm excited to hear what you guys would rather. So why don't we segue into some of these mailbag questions that came through? Okay. Which, by the way, these are show topic submissions. So if you're thinking, oh my goodness, I'd like to have something answered, be sure to check that out on the show notes page. So here's the first one that came through. I was just listening to one of your episodes on communicating with a passive spouse, and I think it has some great merits, but unfortunately, I Am the passive spouse. I would be really interested in hearing some tips from you. My partner wants to communicate more, and I'm really struggling to do that. I grew up in a non-communicative household, so being able to do so seems really foreign. My relationship is heading towards a hard breakup. Oh no. Any of your wisdom would be a saving grace. I love your podcast. Don't know what I would do without it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what she's gonna get?
1: <gasps> I know.
0: A warm fuzzy. The
1: warm fuzziest of fuzzies. Yay!
0: That is right. Everybody who submits always gets a warm fuzzy. You are no exception. Let me just say, (laughs) first and foremost, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry to hear that you're kind of up against a wall and feeling as though you and your partner want different things. That can be really challenging when one partner is kind of asking for something and you feel as though it's so foreign for you to give that and you you kind of feel like you're a disappointment to them in some way, but then you also feel like, I don't even know what you're asking for from me. It's not the way you operate, yeah. So I just wanted to kind of empathize with you there for a moment. And I also want to underline kind of a hard truth here. And that is these sorts of issues, if they're not rectified, it will follow you into the next relationship. So if you think that it's just this relationship and that magically the next person that you engage with won't give a shit about communication, that's pretty highly unlikely. Yeah. Most of the time, we continue to attract the same partners. Yes. And a lot of this has to do with family of origin and our internal belief system and all of these things. But we also carry our own shit into the next relationship if we haven't worked it out. So if there are reasons why you don't give voice to things or you're insecure in the relationship in any kind of way, that will not change and it will follow you not just in romantic relationships, but also with being able to communicate with a coworker or a best friend or a family member. Sure. So what I want you to know, is that it is worth it to work on the communication in your relationship if you really do value the relationship? Because I do think that there are some times when there are a lot of other issues besides communication, like right. addiction or drive. Perhaps they don't have ambition or drive the way you wish that they would, or you have fundamentally different belief systems or core value systems. Sometimes, no matter how amazing the communication is, there is a Fundamental disconnect in the relationship to begin with. This, this is kind of up for you to troubleshoot a little bit and look at if we were able to really connect and understand and hear each other, are we really aligned? Do we really enjoy the same sorts of things? Do we enjoy each other's company? Are, are we able to connect physically? All of those elements are important. So, I bring that up because a lot of times it is how we engage with, with each other and how we communicate with each other that has us making up a multitude of stories about the other person. So one of the things that I wanted to mention to you is it's very likely that if you aren't saying what you mean or saying what you need or responding to him or her, then it's likely that he is or she is making up a shit ton of stories. Well, this hmm. must mean she doesn't love me, or this must mean that she's not invested in the relationship, right. or this must mean that she doesn't really care about what I care about.
1: hmm I see that.
0: If you aren't communicating verbally, most of the time, your partner will just gather information from what they're viewing from you and make their own conclusions. We all do it. Yeah. We all do it with all relationships. We gather whatever we have to work with and then we size it up because our our brain likes to complete the story. We like to have the completion, the conclusion. So if he's going, wow, not only does she not want to talk to me, she shuts down every time I try to engage with her and she also is showing me that she doesn't care what I need. That may make him, that may be the story that he creates. Like she doesn't care about me. She doesn't care about my needs in the relationship. She doesn't care about connection with me. A lot of times when one partner is extremely critical of the other, it's for some need they are not getting met. Right. So this is for kind of everybody listening. If you have a partner who is saying to you, you're always so busy. You always are working all the time. It comes off as critical but what they're usually saying is, hey, I'm not important to you. I'm not getting attention from you. And I don't know any other way than to have this protest behavior. Right. To be critical, essentially. So then what do we do? We get fucking defensive. I have to work. You know I have to work. And then the cycle continues. And we're not talking about what's really happening there. So I bring this up because there, it's likely that your criticism that you're receiving from Your partner about your communication is his cry to connect with you. Now, I don't know that for sure, but with what you're spelling out here in what you wrote to me, it's not like there's nothing I'm seeing here that's a massive red flag like abuse or anything like that. So I'm guessing he's just trying to get his needs met and it's coming out critical. So what do you do about this? Well, there is some really, really great news about all of this. And one of the pieces of that great news is it's fixable. Another piece of it is that it doesn't always have to be verbal communication. Mm. So if there are things that are really challenging for you guys to talk about, it might start off via text, via email. Through gestures, you know, like if there is something that is getting too intense for you and you're like, I feel like running away, maybe you do a timeout symbol with your hands. And that is sort of an understanding between the two of you that you're overloaded, you're about to shut down, and that's what this
1: gesture means. Yeah, something, yeah.
0: There might be a multitude of things that the two of you could kind of design an alliance around and say, okay, here's how we're going to communicate when there's something I really need your attention with, you know? And then for you, maybe you decide on a method of communication. Maybe it's a gesture or a symbol or something you do or something you text when you are feeling flooded or overloaded or I'm going to shut down. The other thing you can do, which I highly, highly suggest for anybody out there who is vastly struggling with communication in particular i have a home study program that is called relationship rx that's designed 100% for communication
1: oh, that's right and yeah. it's to
0: unpack all of this stuff like why one person is really passive and one person is a little bit more assertive we talk about why you are wired those individual ways and then how to work with it so that you're actually getting through to each other Because a lot of times with that example that I just gave, where one person is saying, you work all the time, or oh my gosh, you never have any time for me. And then the other person retaliates by saying, you know I have to fucking work. What one person is really saying is, I'm desiring connection with you. And that's why I'm being critical. And then the other person is saying, I don't feel like you see me and hear me. So all I can do is be defensive. So what Relationship Rx does is it untangles all of that shit so that you understand why we're using the tactics that we're we're using, why they're not working, and then what to actually say instead.
1: Hmm, that's amazing.
0: It's pretty profound. And so you can find information on that over at the slash RRX. It will also be linked in the show notes. And it's likely that that is going to change very, very soon. I will not have mm. it in its current home study program for much longer. If you are interested and you want it at this price and you want it home study like this, do it now because in the very, very near future, it will be completely off the market altogether. Thejoyjunkie.com slash RRX. And also in the show notes, I'm going to link to two communication pods that I did relatively recently. There will be an arsenal of previous pods in the show notes. So if this is you and you struggle a lot with the communication inside of your relationship, check out Relationship Rx if you're ready for a deep dive and you're fucking serious about changing things. Or check out at least the communication pods and see if you grab sure. a, a few nuggets there. Get
1: something there, yeah.
0: Anything that you wanted to throw into the space around that?
1: I was just listening to you talk about relationship Rx, and it's like, you know how everyone always says, oh, man, they don't give you a rule book for children, or they don't right. give you a, a handbook on your body, or, you know, everybody always says that, and this is kind of that situation where it's like, people would say well there's no like guidebook to a relationship or there's no way of translating that information and this is a way of trans it's a translator yeah like here's what they're saying here's what it means that is so
0: true that you is know? so true that's really interesting that you said that because the i have had when i taught it live i had a couple of students who were like I never realized this was what my husband was really exactly. saying to me right. or what my wife was really asking for it's when pretty she interesting. said this. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So that's kind of what came to me when you were talking. It's like a translation guide. Totally.
0: <laughs> and because we talk about the love languages too. Sure, you know right. Gary Chapman, who's renowned for his love languages work, we talk about that because it really is like learning your partner's language, how they're communicating. And this person is a perfect example of one person communicating verbally and one having a really challenging time with that. Right. And there are ways to completely work with that. It's absolutely surmountable. But it does involve both people being willing to, To look at it and work on it,
1: to the tango, right?
0: But it's similar to what we talk about all the time, like with you know, nobody teaches you how to take care of your finances or balance your checkbook Mm -hmm. or contend with fear or how to communicate in your relationship. So a lot of time which why the fuck don't they, by the way.
1: Well, you just did.
0: That's right. So that I could do something all day, so that I would have a job. That's why. <laughs> That's all right. right. So check out the show notes for those resources. All right. Number 2, this comes from another person who deserves a what? A warm, a warm fuzzy, fuzzy- <laughs> Yay! That's right. This person is talking more about jealousy. My boyfriend and I have been struggling a lot because I cannot seem to get over his past, his flings and relationships. So a little bit of background. I moved to a different state, but he still lives in the same little town of 33 people where he grew up. Holy smoke.
1: 33. That's a tiny Jeez. town.
0: Yeah. So I am constantly surrounded by his past his mom is friends with one of his exes he is friends with another ex's brother and she is constantly around that particular ex he works with another ex's husband the list goes Ooh. on and on and on well i would imagine in a small town of 33
1: yeah there's only so many flings you can have when there's 33 people
0: <laughs> been around town. Yeah. Uh, and Doesn't take much. Not in this town. And I just don't know how to get over it. All I can do is picture them together when I see them and, and I know, I know, I know it's bad. She says, and I just spiral and I get so upset. But I know I obviously need to get over this if I want to keep him. Any help would be so greatly appreciated.
1: Hmm, I'm interested to see what you say about this.
0: Well, this is interesting because we had somebody you slept with came to our wedding. That's right. Remember that?
1: Yeah. And <laughs> I. I <do. laughs> now that you mention it, yeah. <laughs>
0: But I, I mean... Thanks for
1: dragging me through the
0: dirt. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that was 19 years ago, so we've had some time. But
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I remember kind of being like, "Huh, okay, I need to be at peace with this. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, and kind of contend with it. So there's a couple of things here that I think are at play. One is you've got to get a handle on that self-talk because if you are going into this massive storytelling every single time you see mom or the ex or the brother or the sister or whoever, and you feed the narrative. So here's what happens. You have the initial thought of them screwing or whatever, or whatever you're visualizing because we all do it. Yeah. And then you feed it. And then you think more and more about it. And then you think maybe that she was so skinny and perfect. Or then you think about him, you know, what he was doing to her. I mean, and you feed it. Do you see what I mean? Even as I'm saying this, everybody's like thinking of it, right? Sure. So this is what happens in the confines of our mind. So the minute you notice – that you are going into that place, you have to stop yourself abruptly. So that means you have to notice it, first of all, and go like, holy shit, I'm doing it. Oh my gosh. And then say something that arrests that vortex of thought. So saying something to yourself like, nope, not going down that route. Nope, stop. That is not helpful. I'm choosing not to focus on that. I'm choosing not to focus on that. Okay. And then you have to distract yourself. Get involved in a book. Go talk to a friend, watch something. If you tend to really feed that disempowering thought spiral, you have to do something to distract yourself. So this is sort of at a rudimentary kind of band-aid level, all right? Okay. What's underneath a lot of this, for me, is the self-worth issue. It is, I'm not good enough as I am in this relationship. Now, that can come from a number of places, right? That can come from your own relationship with who you are. But I do find that people who are really secure in the person that they are tend to be pretty secure in their relationship. Don't tend to have a huge amount of jealousy. You're a perfect example of that. I
1: am.
0: Yeah, like you you've said that a lot of times in in earlier relationships prior to us that you did tend to be considerably more
1: jealous. Yeah. And that yeah, was younger too, but yeah, totally.
0: And just not as secure in who you are and all of that.
1: Right. But I think the other thing that that I'm looking at when I I hear this, is he giving a reason for her to have these? Yep. You know, like, yeah, there's me being self-worth and, you know, putting my mind in check when it comes to these situations. And then there's, there's a real substance to the intuition I'm feeling here. Yes. That is this person loyal to me? I don't know their history. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know where they are in their relationship versus what has happened in the past. Like, is it something where, Oh, they've reconnected or, you know, like what's the history of that? I think that, so anyway, my point is, I think it's important to look at where you are and where your thoughts are and where you take yourself. And also is there precedence for the feelings that I'm having.
0: Has he given you any reason to doubt him? Exactly. And I'm going to link to a jealousy pod that I did that I highly suggest you listen to because there are, I think, kind of two forms of jealousy, right? One is when you have a reason to not trust that person. Because they've been shady or they make shady comments or they do things that are red flags. Mm -hmm. And then there's jealousy that's rooted in your own insecurity. Yes. And then there's also the hybrid when it's a little bit of both. And that's really hard, really hard to navigate. Right. So here's what you do need to look, look at, and I'm so glad you brought that up, is has he been kind of fanning the flame, so to speak. Has he been disregarding any type of concern that you might feel? Is he giving you what you need in the relationship, period? Right. You know, yeah. So I really love that you brought that up because I do think that that's really important. I'm not seeing anything here in your submission saying, he doesn't listen to me. He he disregards how I feel. He tells me I don't need to worry. It seems to me like... This person writing in is very clear that I have a hang up on this. Okay. He's not interested in these people anymore. I don't know though. Right. So this is for you to excavate and kind of look a little bit deeper and look at is there anything intuitively that feels like a red flag? Mm -hmm. That is different than your inner critic and your insecurity popping in and saying you're not good enough or you're not valuable enough. So it's two kind of different sorts of issues here. All right, but here's what you do need to work on regardless. You need to work on that self-talk and figuring out if you are feeding a false story, okay? So you making up what their sex life was like or whatever isn't helping anything, period. So you do need to watch that. The other thing is you need to work on self-worth, period, anyway. All of us do. We all need to believe that we're enough. We all need to believe that we're valuable, which is why I'm doing the retreat on enoughness in October. And I have no idea if there will be spots by the time you guys hear this, but you can always check out the show notes page if you're interested in that. But that's what we're talking about is this idea of being valuable, being enough already as we are. And that doesn't mean we don't experience hardship or we don't have little bouts of jealousy, but it does mean that our baseline is one of confidence and being self-assured. I want you to definitely check out Self-Worth Pod that I'm going to link to, Jealousy Pod. And then I would also think about a deeper place that you might want to go with regards to your self-worth, whether it is eventually going through the Deep Down and Dirty program that will be coming up in a few months, or the retreat, or continuing to work with a coach or therapist or anybody else specifically around your own confidence and self-worth. I think that's huge. Yeah. The other thing, if you are in a really healthy relationship and you guys are, my assumption is correct, that he's adoring of you and just genuinely wants you to know you have nothing to worry about and is concerned about your thoughts, then I would ask for what you need. I would say, be very vulnerable and say, babe, I recognize that this is my shit and you've given me no reason to doubt you. You have always been incredible. I This is hard for me and I'm really working on it. Here's what I would love from you. Would you be up for... Anytime we see somebody in public, you know, when we're out or whatever, would you be willing to turn to me and say, but you are the one that I choose to be with? Or whatever is comforting to you. Mm. Ask for the specific verbiage. Ask for what you need. That's amazing. Because I, again, like I said, I'm not getting any inclination that it's sure. not a healthy relationship. All
1: right. So let's say it is.
0: So let's go with that it okay. is. And let's start asking for what you need. It's a similar equivalent to something physical. Like if you uh broke your foot and you asked your partner, like, hey, babe, I recognize, like, it's up to me. I got to do my PT. I got to do my healing for my foot. Is there any way that you could help me with everything that's up above that's high that I can't get on the step stool for anymore. Would you be up for that? We would ask for help with our physicality. I hope. Right. We need to do the same thing for our emotional agility. When we are trying to work out our spiritual shit, we have to ask for support. I do that with you all the time. Like when I'm emo and feeling really unattractive, I will say, babe, can you find a couple of times this week to just tell me how sexy I am?
1: Heck yeah, I and can.
0: i'll just ask for it heck yes i can instead of being like babe so but do you find me sexy like doing that <laughs> whole thing just fucking straight up ask for what you need and sometimes sure. you have to ask for a specific phrase during a specific time i did that when when i was in the throes of anxiety hmm. about you know 15 20 years ago i told mr smith verbatim what i want you to say to me is hey you're, you'll get it tomorrow. Today was a rough day. You'll get it tomorrow. Yeah. And so he starts saying those exact words.
1: I did. So Still that's do.
0: that's for you, my friend. Be sure to ask for what you need to have him on your side, to feel a little bit more secure. Perfect. And, and get a handle on that self-talk and that self-worth. Third question, how to work on your relationship when one of you doesn't want or thinks they don't want to? Or thinks they don't need to, rather. I'm sorry. Put another way, when one person in the relationship thinks they are right all the time and only thinks the other person needs to change.
1: Oh, yeah, that's always the case, right?
0: How do you work on that relationship? <laughs> right. First of all, we got to give you a huge warm, warm fuzzy. fuzzy. Yay!
1: That's right.
0: Thank you so much for submitting this because I think this is such a great example of how a lot of people feel about their relationship. So, here's what typically happens most of the time, we are expressing our wants and needs in a way that our partner gets defensive. Mm. So, just like I was giving you that example earlier, like you never communicate, you never want to talk about anything when you approach a partner like that with a grievance they are likely to do one of two things. Become combative, which is the fight response, Mm -hmm. or abort mission and leave, which is the flee response.
1: Or be quiet, silent, which is part of that.
0: Exactly. So here's what I need you to understand. And this is another piece that Relationship Rx talks a lot about. We override how we have behaved and we make it the other person's fault. So the reason why I'm bringing this up to you is because I want you to start looking at, have I brought up everything in my relationship to my partner in a calm, kind, assertive, clear Way? Have I been ridiculously compassionate? Have I been super chill? Have I been very, very kind? Have I been explicit about here's exactly what I am requesting from you? If the answer is no, then it's likely that how you're presenting information to your partner is allowing them to easily access defense. And they're going, come at me like that. And fuck you. It's your issue. You're the one who has all the problems. You're the one who thinks we need to go to therapy. You're fine. Go. You Mm -hmm. go to therapy. Mm -hmm. So I bring that up because a lot of times we think that just because we brought something up with our partner, that our job is done. It is like you never brought anything up at all if you brought that up in a biting, sharp Or passive-aggressive way. You didn't bring it up. It's like you Mm. never even addressed it.
1: Right, right, right.
0: So I bring that up because I think that's really important as far as you looking at your own behavior, all right? The other thing that I think is really important to look at here, and I'm going to link to a pod I did specifically on manipulation. There are a handful of people, I would say it's more so an outlier situation, but who are narcissists, who lack the ability to empathize with other people, or even possibly sociopaths, sociopathy, which is a lack of conscience where there's just kind of no moral code, right? Sure. So those are very much outlier situations. However, the MO of somebody who falls into either of those categories is that they will always twist things and put it on you. So where I would look is if there is literally zero ownership ever, where it is never, ever their fault. It is almost like a gaslighting situation where you kind of go, did we talk about, I don't think we talked about that. I, maybe I'm asking for too much, where you feel like your words are getting misconstrued, where things are getting manipulated and turned back to you that can also be a real thing, a real challenge. That's not up for me to diagnose. I can't say to you that's what's happening based off of the information that you're giving me. Usually, though, I would say by and large, a majority of the time, it's not that you're up against a manipulator or a narcissist. It's that both of you are communicating in a way that the other person cannot hear. If that is your case, then I would also advocate for you to check out relationship rx again because it's about taking away that intensity and that anger or even being passive aggressive when you're communicating in order to really understand what each of you are requesting and asking for in the relationship so it kind of gets rid of these primitive responses to fight or flee right okay the other piece of this is that we cannot control the partner One of the things that you can do is model the behavior. And I had a lot of people who went through the live version of Relationship Rx who did that, who did not have a partner who was bought in, who didn't really want to participate, who didn't want to listen to the lessons or do the worksheets. So their only option was to do the work on themselves, to model the behavior in their marriage and see what sort of results they get. And relationship rx talks about that too like here's how to deal with a relationship where your partner is not bought in here's how you approach the program but the deal is if you're going to stay in this relationship you might as well do every fucking thing you can in your power to show up in a powerful way what's hard for us though is when we're not met with reciprocity we go why the fuck should i why should i yeah So you're at a decision point. Like you can stay in that and have a complete stalemate because clearly that's not working. You digging your heels in saying, no, it's your fault. No, we no, we have to work on it is obviously falling on deaf ears. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to stay in the relationship and that person is absolutely immobile, then your only options are to leave the relationship or to do everything in your power, your power, even if you're not met. With reciprocity Hmm. so again for you i highly suggest listening to the manipulation pod just to be really clear that you're not dealing with somebody who takes zero ownership and i would also suggest the communication pods for you as well which are in the show notes page specifically about how we're getting our message across because i cannot tell you how many people feel vindicated and validated like i told i've told her that i have told him that and i'm like how how? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, in a snide way or in a passive gr- And I'm like, that doesn't
1: count. Do you right. understand
0: that they cannot hear your words? That's right. That is not, that's like speaking a different language. So anyway, if anybody listening wants to take it to the next level in their communication, in their relationship, check out Relationship Rx. It. Is miraculous. What happens when you are actually able to get through to each other? You're not banging your head against the wall, talking about the same goddamn fight over and over again. Your connection with each other thrives. You get each other. There's a far less fights and arguments. You have a lot more fun, increases your intimacy. Like, anyway, I think so all go the
1: reasons that you've got another relationship to be in with.
0: That's right. Right. You know? That's right. Yeah. We didn't get into relationships for a fucking ball and chain. Right. Or to hate our lives or to feel insecure and all the yell time. Yell at each
1: other or, yeah, being miscommunicative. That's right. None of that.
0: We, yeah. We get in relationships to thrive, to be fulfilled, to have joy.
1: Right. Right.
0: All right. So I'm, I'm going on and on. All the links that you could possibly ever want will be in the show <laughs> notes. And... I think that's everything. I'm so grateful to you guys for submitting these topics. I think it's really helpful. And it's also important that people see that they're not alone. Like we said before, you don't get a manual on this. Nobody tells you how to be in a relationship. So we just learn from media and past relationships and – What What we see. Our parents. Yeah. Yeah, which most likely are not good examples. So thank you so much for hanging out with us. We will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life.
1: Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Out.